Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Peter, 3rd chapter, verses 8 through 12. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For, who, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Well, thank you, Rodney, and good morning, everyone. Today we're going to continue our uh, series entitled Cast the First Stone. I'm going to, I think we know a bit of what this is. This theme has been about, that uh, we, we talked about matters of sexuality. Last week we talked about matters of uh, alcohol consumption and considering, and specifically drunkenness, and considering that uh, oftentimes we, we point to specific sins that we don't do and often see these things as a significant problem, of course, which they are if they're labeled a sin in Scripture. But the challenge we all have to come up to is what Jesus said, he who is without sin casts the first stone. Well, darn it, we don't get to throw, throw stones, then what do we do? And so the answer is we need to learn to be people of grace, of responsibility, with the attitude of love. And so today, we're going to get to another topic in just a minute as we continue this uh, Cast the, the First Stones series. But you guys have noticed that it's been stinking hot lately, right? And I guess the forecast next week is going to be, I heard it's going to be really, really hot next week too, okay? So I have, just, just to get service started this morning, I have some it's so hot jokes for you, okay? You ready? It is so hot that chickens are laying omelets, which sounds good. I, I think that would be great. I love omelets, and if that would happen, um, I would be. Ha- I, w- I don't know if we could place an order with the chicken before it happens. The kind of things we'd have in it. It's so hot that I saw a squirrel pick up a nut with potholders. That's that's pretty hot. Um, it's so hot that my iPhone Siri said, asked to be please dip me in a glass of ice water and end my life. It's so hot that the Statue of Liberty was asked to lower her arm. Because, you know, pit stains. Would you, that's going to be awkward. I've got three, uh, I got three religious ones here, okay? You ready? It's so hot. It's, it's so hot that Amish men are now wearing Speedos. It's so hot. This one's big. This one's big. It's so hot that Jehovah's Witnesses have now started telemarketing. You know, you know it's hot when Jehovah's Witnesses are now telemarketing. But I couldn't leave us out. I couldn't leave us out, right? If we're going to hit on the Jehovah's Witnesses, we're going to hit on the Amish, we got to do the brethren too, right? It's so hot that the brethren are having an ice-cold feet washing during the ice cream social. Stop taking off your shoes now. We got, we, we're, we're, this is after service, okay? Ice cream and ice-cold feet washing. Couldn't be a better brethren of it than that. So today, we're not going to talk about just how hot it is. We're going to, the, today's, the title of today's sermon is called Hot Air, all right? 
Uh, we've got some hot air outside, but we've also got some hot air in here. And, uh, and, and today, I, I, as Rod had read through that text of 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12, I want you to see if you can notice with me, I, you don't quite know exactly what we're talking about here yet, but I want to see if you can kind of pay attention to something that keeps popping up I'm gonna, we're going to go to Bible school like we have been when we talk about sin, so we're going to get to sin first here, uh, Nick. And I'm going to go through a few scriptures here, and we'll see if you can uh, help me identify what the theme is, and just see how much this is in scripture, okay? I'm, I, I was thinking about, I just changed my mind. I'm going to tell you what this is, because I want you to see just how frequently this is in scripture, okay? We like to put, we, we talked about sexuality and how that's on the list time to time. We also talked about last week how drunkenness is on the list. But we also talked, something else you're also going to see on a lot of these lists is gossip and slander. Gossip and slander is often on these same lists with homosexuality as well as drunkenness. So don't have to take my word for it. Let's take a look at Scripture. So we're going to get first in Romans 1, 28 through 32. Romans 1. 28 through 32. Furthermore, this is, goes back to that first text in Romans 1 that we, when we talked about sexuality. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what they ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are, daggone it, there it is. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They, they have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy, although they know God's righteous, righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Oh, hopefully it's only in one scripture. 2 Corinthians 12.20 or excuse me, 12, uh, 10, yeah. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships. Oh, I got the wrong one. I gave you the wrong one, Nick. That's my, my bad. Second Corinthians, it should be 12, uh, 20. Yeah, Second Corinthians 12, 20. Um, I'll, I'll go on to the next one. We'll go on to James. James four eleven through 12. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you who are to judge your neighbor... Uh, let's go to Ephesians four thirty one through thirty two. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and there it is again. Dag on it, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And then last, we'll go with today, Second Timothy three one through five. But mark this: there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, and there it is again, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, 
treacherous rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, this is always the problem, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Timothy, or excuse me, Paul to Timothy tells us not have nothing to do with, with such people. And so our base text today that, that, that um, Rod read, I won't read that to you again, but we want to put that text back up there in First Peter 3, 8 through 12. First Peter 3, 8 through 12. And this is what the alternative is, is what we are commanded to do. Let's have a word of prayer, and then, then we'll, we'll, I will share that text. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us in these moments when we have to be humbled because we realize we all fall short. We've all said words to demise someone else's character that we've left out there and that we can't get back. And today, Lord, your word is going to show us an alternative to that. That this is the way of the wicked. This is the way that leads to destruction. This is a way that does not work. It does not bring about the kingdom of God. But Lord, I thank you that your word shows us an alternative. It tells us what we are to be doing with the words that come out of our mouth. What we are to be doing with information and news of someone else. What we were created to do with the power of the tongue. So, Lord, thank you for your word that it speaks to us in moments like this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as it says in 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. And what does that look like at times? They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So we've identified that slander, yes, is a sin. Yes, it is sinful behavior. And so, but as just every time we've identified sin, we've now had to say, well, what does grace look like? Well, and then what does responsibility look like? So for today, I'm going to put these two together. I'm going to put grace and responsibility together. Because we see this, this idea of, of grace right here in First Peter that, it, that tells us we are, whenever someone insults us, we are to repay it with a blessing. Well, look what Philippians 2.3 says. Put that text up, Nick. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition, but rather in humility value others above yourselves. I bet you don't want to hear that verse when somebody just offended you. <laughs> when someone just said something really stupid. It's like, like to hear the pastor say, hey, you know, Philippians 2.3 says value someone other than yourself. It, it, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable because it's not what we want at all. We want vengeance. We want to say something back. We want to let, um, let them know how we really feel. I get a privilege to 
work with a lot of couples these days, and I see this, this pattern that just is, is always there. And I want you to know, tell me if this pattern sounds familiar to you, perhaps especially in your marriage relationships, but of course this pattern we get, we see it in all kinds of relationships. The pattern is that someone gets offended. Someone takes something personal. That's never happened in your marriage, right? You've never got offended by what your husband said. Never got offended by what your wife said. We get offended. But you know what happens next? What happens next is that we begin to develop this come-to-me attitude. You said something stupid. Now I'm mad. And you need to come to me and fix it. And while we were always saying, come to me, we no longer give a rip about what that other person's going through. We no longer give a rip about maybe there's some things going on in their life that we could help and contribute to. We, we no longer care about those things anymore because, because it's still come to me. You don't know how you, f- you offended me. And so we quit thinking about empathy. We quit thinking about understanding and we let just this nasty stuff build up. And so here's the, here's this, like I said, this pattern, it just it, it, it conti- seems to keep coming up and working with couples is that one of the things they have to get back to is, you ever thought about maybe what you could say to build them? What you could say to actually build that other person? Because it seems like you're, you're wanting to rip apart their world for whatever thing, whatever it was they did, whatever it was they said. You've got lots of things and ways to deconstruct them. But what could you say to actually build them? And church, empathy, as this is grace and responsibility together, empathy, as we just read this in these texts, empathy is the responsibility of the church. Compassion is the responsibility of the church. Caring about what the other person you're, you're going to church with and what they're going through is a responsibility of the church. Sorry, those seven there or six that were up here plus Fred, I don't know if I told you this, but it's now your responsibility to care. And that's what it means to be a part of a body. And, and just as those things are your responsibility, it's also your responsibility to say something that builds Say something that, that, that builds where other people have torn down. What does Ephesians 4.21 tell us, Nick? It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful. Y'all hear this? What is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I just see this. We were talking about this in membership class this morning. How that first church, you know, they were all they were all persecuted. Like all, all of the first church was persecuted. What what it meant to be a part of the first church? They had this automatic litmus test because to be a part of this group, you realize that you already left. You already laid your life on the line. That just because you're coming to this group, you could die tomorrow, and that's just what it takes to be a part of our group. 
And now that you're a part of this group, imagine what it would have felt like to come to that group, to feel safe, to feel like you're in a place that's different, to feel like you're with others that were like-minded. And see, I share that because in this world, you see all this disgusting polarization that we see going on in our culture today. Everybody's got something negative to say, and but to the point where like, I don't even care, I don't want to hear any more negativity or I'm going to pop. You ever feel like that lately? Wouldn't it be nice if the church of the living God could be something different? That this could be the place where we build each other, where we speak life into each other, where we remind them who they are, because church, this is the alternative to slander. This is the alternative to gossip. This is the alternative that you are called to. And you have that responsibility with what comes out of your mouth. Just It's on the same list as sexuality, on the same list as drunkenness. And I didn't have to go buy something. I didn't have to, to meet someone in some awkward place. I didn't have to look at things on the Internet. These things didn't come right out of my mouth like, like something I can't get back. You have that responsibility, man or woman of God. There is grace for you not to take it personal. You have responsibility not to take it you have responsibility not to take it personal. There is grace for you to say something that builds and you have a responsibility to say something that builds. It's so easy to say something to divide or to puff ourselves up, but say something that builds and this is the opportunity that we have to be different. But here's where it matters most. And I want to talk finally about love. If you'll give us Luke 6, 43 through 45, Nick. He says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. And people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I mean, sometimes we've got to be honest with ourselves of what kind of garbage we're keeping on the inside. That just when we get pushed a little bit, what begins to come out? In 1 Peter 3.8, Oh, wait, well, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll get to that text in just a minute. I wanna, this is where I want to do that uh, illustration, Nick, if you're willing to come up. Put that text back up there. Put that, uh, that last one up we just had. So Nick's going to come and, and help me out with this illustration. You're going to give it your best shot, right? So me and Nick both have, uh, you know, slander and gossip. It's kind of like, well, hot air, right? We both got some hot air, 98 degrees, right? And so we're going we're gonna to fill this balloon up with some hot air. Just give us, give us 20 minutes. So I've got my hot air, and maybe it's about someone else. Maybe it's about somebody else in this room. Maybe it's about someone else that I know. Man, 
I like to give a nick sometimes, and we just like to talk about it. We had a lot of fun with each other's hot air. And then we can even make a party. And you know what else I heard? You know what else I heard? Come on, we got we got we got a bigger party going on here. We got we got just keep those going, man. This is fun stuff. We can just keep talking about all this other hot air that everybody's been blowing. And man, life is really good. But you know what starts happening? Is at some point it ain't gonna take too long at all. Every once in a while something's gonna Somebody's gonna get offended. And and someone else is gonna get offended. And now they got their own hot air, they want to start blowing about you, and then we just keep having this party over and over and over again. And the problem, I think you're thank you very much, Nick Benj, great job. <laughs> I pulled a muscle popping that balloon, so you guys are going to have to give me a minute. Um, I, I don't know if I might be serious. I don't know. But so we get to this point where, where it all just kind of begins to pop. Now, I couldn't bring a helium tank in here, but the alternative is to learn how to fill ourselves with something eternal. See, oftentimes we're so full of, of just negativity. We're so full of just junk that whenever we just get pushed just a little bit, just nasty stuff starts to come out to where we actually, it starts to become comforting us in some sick way to talk about other people or to continue to slander other things. But when we become men and women of God and know what it's like to receive grace, To know that you are filled, just as last week's text said, be filled with the Spirit rather than, than drunkenness. Learn how to be filled with the Spirit. To be full of something so that whenever somebody presses your button, geez, we don't have to take it personal. You listen, sometimes if somebody pushes your button, you probably could notice they do that to everybody else all the time too, so why am I taking it personal? We, make, we, we begin to make this all about us and how we are offended. But what I'm trying to tell you, Church of Christ, is that in those moments, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to build. You have an opportunity to speak life. You have an opportunity to be different. You have an opportunity to be the church of Christ that the world is looking for. And what happens if I would fill a, a balloon up with helium, and we called it eternal helium. It would be lifted, if it was in this room, it would be lifted up the ceiling to where it couldn't be filled anymore. There's nowhere else for it to go because it's so full. We're men and women that are full. Recognize what we have received. We've always got something we can distribute. This is why that daily devotional time, it matters this is why we allow the Lord, we give the Lord permission to speak in our life on a regular basis. This is why finding ourselves at his feet matters because if you don't, you forget who you are. And your identity for whatever short moment gets found into something stupid somebody said about you. <laughs> Not who he says that we are. So let's be men and women of the living God. There's enough... Eh, 
And see, it's the beauty in the story is we know that all of you, after, even after today's service, you know you, it's going to be very tough for you to get through a week <laughs> without saying something negative about somebody, right? That's become human nature now. I hope what you hear is what, what I'm saying is that we learn how to, we learn how to be filled so that if, instead of, if, if we're going to say two or three things negative about someone throughout the week, well, geez, hopefully we're spending another 10 or 15 times building someone up and speaking life into it. Uh, a situation. They call that in the church, they call that edification, a way of building each other up and reminding each other of who we are. Slander and gossip, yes, it is a sin. Man and woman of God, you have a responsibility to receive. You have gr- there, there is grace for you to, to, to care about someone someone else. There's also grace for you to build. And this attitude of love is the love, the agape love that God gives us, where when we're full, when our hearts are full, it just doesn't matter anymore, does it? We've always got something. We've always got something to give. We're reminded of who we are. So I want to pray for you as we conclude today. Lord, I thank you for each and every one that is here this morning. But I hope that they are hearing from your word loud and clear. That although we're all imperfect and we we say things that we wish we could get back, we say things that that we know are not helpful, that, that only bring destruction. But Lord, I hope that we hear that you're speaking to us about an alternative by learning how to use our words to build someone. Learning how to just be slow to speak and learn to listen, you know, and understand what someone else is going through. Lord, we thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's, it's relevant to this moment. It divides joint and marrow. It's working right now all across this place. And even as I'm sitting here with the, the dry air, my mouth has been dry as I've shared this, this whole sermon. Uh, as as my, my mouth longs for moisture, there's this, there's this longing sometimes, this, this feeling we have sometimes to, 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 to say the things we know we shouldn't. But Lord, may you instruct our tongue to realize the power that we have between our teeth to speak life. We see this as an instrument given to us by the living God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, uh, I'm going to pray for the meal. I should have included that. I'm going to say a quick prayer for the meal after uh, your benediction. But before we go, I want to invite you to stand. And our benediction today is going to be right out of 1 Peter 3, uh, verses verses 10 through 11. But I'm going to read it backwards, all right? All right, so here we go. Just kidding. So 1 Peter 3, 11 through 10. Oh, I got to get there. I thought I was there. I'm sorry. May you turn from evil and do good. May you seek peace and pursue it. May you keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. May you love life 
and see good days. Lord, thank you for each and every one that is here. Thank you for this food that has been prepared through all of each and every one of these wonderful people as well. We realize as we eat together and we fellowship together that we are blessed. And so today, may our meal be as a table of grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Jill, we need any instructions? Nope, she's already gone. So go on down, guys. You, you don't have to wait on anybody. We've, we've prayed, so go ahead and have some food, have some ice cream.